Welcome to this Time to Lead podcast where leaders come together to grow and get better. My name is Fred and I'm your host and your mental growth coach and I'm so ready to make a difference in the lives of our listeners. We believe that before you can lead others, you must first lead yourself. So on this podcast, we focus on self-leadership. Today's topic is leading through a crisis and we got a real special guest. I have a, a gentleman who I am, I'm so excited to introduce. I've been following him on Facebook for a while, uh, but uh, I've just, just been really admiring by what he's been doing with his videos, how he's been really, really encouraging folks. Uh, he has, he has, he's an entrepreneur, he's, he's his own business owner. He just has a great vision and mission to be able to help a lot of people. And uh, I'm going to read to you his bio real quick so I can introduce to some and present to others, uh, Mr. Ashton Harvey. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> I'm excited. To, I'm excited to be here. Let me brag on you a bit, Ashton. Ashton Harvey is a is a philanthropist, sales trainer, business consultant, and a man on a mission with to help one million sales professionals win big in life and in business. He is the co-founder of Yellow Threads Company, a revolutionary clothing company that makes fashionable and medically functional clothing for patients undergoing chemotherapy treatment, and one of the top experts in the field of sales helping sales professionals and MMB business focus on increasing their influence and income to amplify their impact. Ashton has also created the Significant Edge Academy, a business training program turned movement. I love that. With the primary aim of making a positive change in the world through entrepreneurship. This organization brings together highly successful business owners and sales professionals from around the nation to share resources and leverage networks in order to amplify our impact together. And he has a great quote I want to share with you. It says, true success is measured by the life you live and the lives you change. And that's what it means to be significant. And with that impressive bio, I want to welcome again my friend, my new friend, Ashton Harvey. Welcome to this Time to Lead podcast, my friend. No, we are friends. And I want to say that, uh, you know, honestly, it's, it's, it's pretty cool to, um, you know, see, you know, sometimes you, you don't realize some of the things that you've accomplished because you're just so hyper-focused on things. Uh, and then you, when you see the bio, like when, you know, like when you, when you read the bio and then you hear somebody else say it, you're like, whoa, okay. Like, <laughs> This Who is, is cool. That guy? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, like definitely not me. If you, if you guys had a camera in my house, like, you'd be like, that goofball does, does all that. You know what I mean? Like, that that weirdo does all that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. But anyway, yeah, no, I appreciate the intro. Thank you, Fred. Yeah, it was incredible. If you've done a lot of great things, I think there's going to be a lot of great things to come to, man. So tell us a little bit about Ashton, a little bit about your background, where you're from, and how you kind of got started. Yeah, of course. And I think I appreciate that question because I think um, a lot of us kind of forget about the the process to getting to where people are. Um, and so uh, my process started about six, seven years ago. And, uh, you know, I just had graduated college. Um, I actually got into uh, my first intro into business doing multi-level marketing. Right. And uh, multi-level marketing, you know, I, I did fairly well in it. You know, it wasn't, it, I wasn't the best, but, you know, and I would definitely wasn't the worst. Uh, but ultimately what ended up happening was uh, the, the, the uh, business that I started, uh, you know, it, it taught me a lot of things. Um, and it also taught me a lot of things about what, what I needed to do as a person 
to, mm-hmm. to grow a very successful business. And I think that's one thing that I didn't really focus on in my younger years when I first started out in business. Because uh, yes. granted, you know, I, I was actually applying to med school when I, was, when I started my first business. And, um, you know, I actually dropped out of med school and decided to, to pursue business instead. Uh, and, uh, you know, my first business actually failed. And, you know, it, it, it sucked um, in that moment because, you know, like I spent, you know, three years trying to grow that business. And, you know, within a matter of six months, it like, you know, basically went away. And, um, you know, that was very, very frustrating. And I realized yeah. it was primarily because of me. And I wasn't the person, the leader that uh, these individuals needed. And, and so, you know, I, you know, when I look back on it, I was really mad, but, you know, like, you know, I was really bad at the time, but now when I look back, I'm like, yeah, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't ready for something like that. And so got back into the corporate realm, um, jumped into, uh, jumped into sales, uh, medical device sales and, you know, excelled at that. Like I realized that I'm a really great salesperson. I'm just not a really great leader. (laughs) You know, like if you you put me, if you put me in front of people. It was uh, it was not good, but like I excelled with you know closing deals and and all that good stuff. Now, I did very very well in my sales career just starting out when I was 25. No, sorry, 24, 24, 25. I was doing very very well. I, I grew my territory from a five hundred thousand dollar territory to a one point two million dollar territory within a, a two years. Uh, wow. So you know I had. I was doing very, very well, and actually, I got my first taste of training sales professionals my second year of sales because my, my manager was like, hey, like, I don't know what you're doing, but whatever it is you're doing, you're, you know, like, you're hitting quota month over month, year over year, and I want you to teach that to our, the rest of our team. And so I was like, all right, yeah, you know, like, why not? And so I you know, looked back on my life, and, or like, you know, my life in sales, quote, unquote, right? And I was like, what was I doing that led to that? So ultimately got to a point where um, I actually started my very, like I created the first Significant Edge program, right, which is just an acronym breakdown of what I did. And, you know, um, Edge is an acronym that just says, you know, E stands for evaluate, D stands for, you know, disrupt, G stands for give give more than you get, Mm. E stands for um, uh, 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 execute on new strategies. Right, so one thing about innovation is you always got to, even though something works for one, it's not going to work for everybody. Um, yes. So you have to keep changing things up. So, anyways, I, I taught that to my team. Uh, my my team started to grow, <laughs> which was great. I got promoted to a higher level within the organization, nice. um, and then that moved me out to Minneapolis. And I think this is where we might have gotten connected because when I was living in Minneapolis, that's when I got my John Maxwell leadership. Certification. Oh, okay, good. And, uh, it was okay. I uh, want to make sure. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's where we we met, and um, then you know from there that's where we started. Uh, that's where I really started the Significant Edge Academy. Uh, was in uh, in Minneapolis. It actually started out as one minute mentors, and then it quickly evolved to Significant Edge Academy, uh, where I was working with sales professionals. You know, outside of my job, and, and I want to I want to emphasize that because I think a lot of entrepreneurs right now feel like they want to quit their jobs like yesterday. Um, uh, no, no. And, <laughs> and as of and you know, and I'm a, a testament to this. I believe that you should have a job while you're building your business. 
my wife and I quit our jobs, and it was tough. It was a really rough ride for us, you know, financially speaking. Um, and, you know, it wasn't until I was able to get another job after we, after we you know, quote, unquote, retired, you know, we had our businesses and everything, that our, right. our business started actually to excel because we had financials to put into the business. Um, and so, anyway, so, you know, back, you know, long story short, we, within that time we were living in Minneapolis, I still had my sales job, she still had her nursing job, we started up our two companies, Yellow Threads Co., and then also Significant Edge Academy. Uh, those are now still, like, we still work to this day. She's still a nurse. I'm still, you know, I work as actually a global sales trainer um, right. for a $10 billion company. So I work with sales professionals literally across the globe, which is awesome. Um, and, and then I also get to do my, my significant edge academy, which is, which is grown. And, you know, like, and I, so I'm really excited about, you know, the, the trajectory of where everything is going. Um, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't, and, and I emphasize this so much, it wouldn't have gotten to where it is now if we didn't have the jobs or the financials that we have now, especially yeah. since we don't have connections to like investors and right. like people who have money to put into these types of companies. So until we can get to that point where we are connected to investors, where we are connected to people who are willing to put their money up, you know, up front and, and mind you, Every single guru out there, every single business owner guru out there literally will tell you to try to generate your own cash before you go to an investor. Because the last oh. thing you want to do right. is give up equity to your company. Mm. That is true. Wow. That is, you definitely don't want to do that. Now, why, 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 why shouldn't they do that? So when you give up equity to your company, you're slowly chipping away at the, the power that you have over the company. Right? Mm. So... Um, especially like if you watch things like Shark Tank, right? Yep. Uh, people are giving up 30, 40% of their company for, you know, $50,000, $100,000, right? Where if you wanted, you can actually go to maybe an angel investor who might not want as much money and they might just be uh, a person who just wants to invest into your company and take a little bit out, you know, like, and take a little bit out. It, I mean, it's not, it's not the end of the world. I'll, I'll, I'll take a step back. It's not the end of the world, but right. if you can maintain 100% ownership of the company, it, whatever happens with that company, you have 100% um, um, control over it. So right. if for some reason, like, and, and, you know, one of the great things about innovation is that it typically happens on the dime. You know, like, you're, like what happened today, Right. We yeah. had to come up with a new idea. You didn't have to run it by anybody. You just right. literally said, hey, I have to, I have to you know, change up the, the calling situation. Right. And, you know, you just you implement it. When right. you have other people that you have to appease, um, you're not able to do the things that you want to do mm -hmm. as quickly as you want to do it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Because you're, yeah, you're playing with it. other people's money. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's, 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 that, that's what you don't want to do is play with other people's money. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the, the, I, could, I definitely appreciate that. And I think a lot of people are going to learn a lot because I think that some people feel like they, they, the, 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 the gurus tell you one particular way and one way to go, one door to go in, and you're saying that's not the case all, all the time. Oh, 100%. I mean, I, I, I mean some, of, uh, some people that I admired in the beginning, but then as I started to realize, I'm like, mm, that doesn't work for me. And, like, they're basically selling a pipe dream. Oh, actually, I won't even name drop anything. But there's so many people that, that, uh, that are gurus out there that don't real like people don't realize that these guys started out with a lot of money. 
Right. You know what I mean? They started out in a good place. There's some Very of them that did start out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's some of them that started out, you know, rags to riches, and that's great and everything. Um, but a lot of these gurus, like they, I mean, one of them in particular, you know, like says like he ate shit for, you know, 10, 15 years or whatever, right? Um, right. Building up his dad's company. Now, the fact is he's like, you know, he says he's not an entrepreneur or he, you know, he's been an entrepreneur his entire life. You know what I mean? Like not one day of his life he was not an entrepreneur. I'm like, well, first and foremost, you actually worked underneath your dad. You didn't own your company. Right. And then on top of that, you built the company. So you were an employee at some point, and then you were given the company. So the, the fact of the matter is you had no say, or not you didn't have any say. You did a lot of great things with the company, but you didn't have any financial stress knowing that if you made a mistake that you were going to lose money, right, because right. it wasn't your business. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I like what he says. It's very motivational. But when he says, like, eat, eat shit for, like, 15 years and, you know, leave your job or whatever. I'm like, no, leave your job if you have another job that's, that's available to you. You know, like, right. don't, don't just, like, quit just because you just freaking hate your job. Like, okay, I get, I get it, but honestly, in the, in the same token, I'm like, you need to have a financial security to, to help you move forward quicker. Mm-hmm. A lot of people um, don't realize that it, it's, a, it's a lot of hard work, and if you don't have the financial backing to keep you mentally stable – um, you're you're going to quit on your dreams a lot quicker. Yeah, a lot yeah. faster. That's true. Uh, and the, the bottom line is, you know, you can always feel like this because my background is kind of the same. You know, my first my first uh, uh, experience with business was was through network marketing as well, and that's why I learned about personal growth and things of that nature. And I was a horrible leader. I was what I, you know I was doing it, but I was doing it for me. I was doing it for myself. I got to the position I needed to get to, but I was forcing it, and I wasn't really leading anybody, you know, and I didn't really know. I didn't even know how to lead myself. And that's the basis of this show is for us to really recognize that we, we have to really lead ourselves and, and lead by example before we can ask anybody to do anything. And so, and so because I was so bad at it, I, I had a passion for it, and that's hence me following John, and I'm glad you verified because I was – it slipped my mind, but I, I think I remember meeting you at the breakfast or something like that. We, we connected – and, uh, yeah. and so, which was good. So, so I, and I can appreciate what you're saying uh, in, in that case. And see, a lot of people, they go out there with their stories, and it's easy, you know. I'm taking this Facebook ad course because I was tired of seeing all these ads come up. And then me being an IT guy 30 years, I knew, I knew it, was just, it, wasn't, it wasn't just ironic. That I, I, tell my honey, I tell my wife, honey, I'm, I'm a little thirsty. And, that's, you know, I see an ad popping up, you know, about this soda or this particular hamburger. I said, okay, these guys are following me, so I'm taking this course. And I, so I can be able to help out other people, not only just learn how to make money with Facebook ads, but learn learn what they're doing on information. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so and so yeah. it's interesting because I, I I love how you put it. A, a lot of these people say they they say they have the marketing language. They say what they need to say to pull you in. They say what they need to say to stop you from scrolling. And they give these stories and they 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 strategically make them up. But sometimes those stories have, are so irrelevant for what the people. There's not really a crisis because they've had they, they were already set up for themselves. They've already their only crisis is you got to go out there and, and be out there on stage again. I mean, there's there's not really a financial connection. So I'm glad you kind of brought that up. And this this topic leading to a crisis that really ties in really really well with it because a lot of times we ha- we have to have these failures in life, 
in order to be and, and be able to deal with adversity and bad experiences and crises in order to even become the person that can lead anybody. Would you agree with that? Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. And, and, I, and, and, yeah. Go ahead. What I was going to even say was um, one of the things that uh, I was and what I realize a lot of people are is and through training and, and, and working with individuals is that one of the biggest like, one of the biggest things that people don't want to do is they want they don't want to fail yeah mm-hmm. right like that's like usually the number one thing they fear failure yeah mm-hmm. now we don't look at this word I'm about to share with you we don't look at this word as failure or fear in specific um, but when you are a person who either procrastinates mm-hmm. or you're a perfectionist that is actually a form of fear. The, the main reason why I say that is because I was the person that wanted everything to be perfect before I pulled the trigger. I was mm. the person that wanted everything to be all my ducks in a line, like nothing, nothing going wrong before I, yeah. I moved forward on a project, right? Mm. And that actually led to procrastination and it led to basically perfectionism that, that was an underlying fear that I had and it's because I didn't want to fail. And right. I think you know, on that crisis topic is that, you know, people do not want to put themselves into a state of crisis, which yeah. is, you know, like basically potentially failure. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, it's uh, the way that I like to explain it is like this. Um, when you are an Olympic runner, sprinter, right, or if you, if you can relate with me with, with track, because I, I, I ran track and field. Okay. Um, what, one of the things that, that you're taught in, in sprinting is that, one of the things that holds you back is when you're at your max, like, max speed. What you tend to see is that when somebody, when a sprinter is running and they're sprinting, 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 uh, they, when they hit their max speed, you actually see them pull back. They actually start to, like, actually slow down because they can't control the speed that they're putting out. Mm-hmm. They can't control their fall, in essence, right? Yeah. And so the way to actually train to, to actually overcome that, speed incompetencies that you have, right, the, the inability to go as fast as you could, what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to train running downhill. Mm-hmm. Because when you run downhill, you're naturally forced to go faster than what your feet can move at. And so sure. you have to learn how to adjust yourself at those faster rates. Mm-hmm. So you get better when you're actually pushing yourself beyond your limits, beyond where, where you feel in control. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. And so you become better as an athlete and you become better as an entrepreneur or business owner or if you're a sales, as a sales professional when you're constantly in a state of, of uneasy, un, un, uneasiness, right, where mm-hmm. you're constantly pushing yourself. You're constantly mm-hmm. making minor adjustments to become better, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, you feel uneasy. And so like that in our minds feels like a crisis and we think, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. But when you can actually make it through it, you become a whole lot stronger. Mm-hmm. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, that, make, that definitely makes sense. And it shapes you, right? It shapes your character, too. How, how does it shape your character? Oh, uh, okay. So I always like to talk about character being tied to our self-worth mm-hmm. um, because and, – and a lot of times we tie our self-worth into our company or our what we do as a job. If we fail in our job, we feel like our self-worth is down. Right. Now, 
the one thing about character is that it's built over time in small increments, mm. right? So mm-hmm. it's not going to be one scenario that's going to build your character up or, you know what I mean? It's going to be multiple scenarios that build your character up. And ultimately, when it comes down to your character, right, or your self-worth or what you, how you perceive yourself, um, I think at the end of the day, when you're true to who you are, right, and you keep promises to yourself, you know, like it's great to have a value of integrity and doing things for other people, right, and saying you're going to be there and saying you're going to do things for others. But if you can't even do that for yourself, that's more detrimental to your, to your character and your self-worth than anything else. That's so it. when you can't – does that make sense? That makes sense, yes, sir. And okay. so you need to be more integrous to yourself. So, like, when you say you're going to stay off of the computer for, you know, 15 hours or off social media for an hour while you work, it's going to be the toughest hour ever because you're now removing, um, you know, this dopamine kick that you want, you know what I mean, this addictive, addictive substance. You're removing it from your, from your system, and your body wants it so bad. But imagine how, how, much you, how good you feel about yourself after you accomplish that goal that you set for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, yeah, that, that's so important. Good after the yes. And what are some of the ways that, um, that you personally have, and if you can give an example, have had something happen just out of the blue, kind of like I was, we were talking about today. And for those who are listening in, you heard in reference to what happened today, uh, literally 14 minutes, I was kind of, we were prepping for the show today, and my, 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 my MacBook Pro, my computer, that has been loyal to me for six years straight without, without, without a hiccup, uh, not, as little as a, as, a, as, a, as a automatic reboot never happened. Uh, literally, but I just I just reached out to Ashton and say, hey, you know, when they're connecting with you, I'm gonna send you a Zoom link in, in a few minutes. And literally a minute after that, I'm sitting there, and my screen just just went bananas. It just started looking crazy, started shaking, and things of that nature. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, I got 15, I got 14 minutes now, 13 minutes probably to to call Ashton to set this up and go go forward this interview or using Zoom. Now my computer's acting up. I have no other computer in the house, and literally. I, um, you know, I, I had to, I just thought for a second, that's a crisis right now because <laughs> I use Zoom for all my interviews. I've been doing interviews for about six years now, kind of same time I, I bought my laptop, and now it's freezing 13 minutes before I pulled into this interview with, with, with Ashton, and uh, mm-hmm. I literally just kind of paused for a second in my brain. I had a crisis, and I immediately had to to, to, to pivot, and I pivoted so, so, so because I was familiar with free conference call, I couldn't use Zoom, and I immediately just said, I can either cancel this thing and, and risk not being able to get him on the phone for another year because, because he's busy and I respect his time, or I'm, I'm going to pivot and go forward. So I had a midst of a crisis right now, and I did, and that, that's, what, that's what he was referring to as far as what, what I had to do. But has it been something mm-hmm. that happened to you that was kind of out of the blue, you didn't plan for it, because you're, you're, you're so structured, and you want things to be right, that you had to pivot kind of like that. How, how, how did you get through it? Yeah, uh, actually, it, you know, there, the, the reason why this is a tough question is because there are so many moments in our lives where we have to pivot like this, right? Yeah. Uh, and so when I think about the, you know, one that just most recently came up, um, you know, I, I, I let you know that I'm the, you know, I, I'm the global sales Trainer. So I work with our, our, our global team 
um, in our sales department. And basically, I, I work with our team on onboarding, so I teach them. Some of these guys are coming in, and they have zero sales experience whatsoever. Right? Wow. So I need to come in, and I have to teach them, you know, basic sales training right. skills, you know, like how to overcome objections, how to prospect, how to do all these different things. Now, when I started with this company, actually, I started in February. No, uh, beginning of February. I started beginning of February. I, I, I got this job. And I love this job because it allows me to continue to hone my skills while I, and, and still start keep running my businesses on the that's side. Right. That's it's right. It's one of the best companies I've ever worked with in my entire life. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you got to love it, dude. Yeah. Um, man, but, I I, so I started in February, right? And so I'm doing my trainings in person. So my travel schedule was going to be um, probably about 25%. I would have to travel from here to because uh, we train in San Diego, and then we also train in Watham, Boston. And then we also have a team in um, – uh, it's not London – it's Paris. We have a team in Paris, and we have another team in uh, Sydney, Australia, which is our, our APJ. So, like, people would basically travel from, like, um, the Japan, Asia, Singapore, and things like that, and they travel to Sydney, and I do trainings out there. Now, uh, <laughs> now, here's the crazy part. I started in February. When did this, <laughs> when did this thing become a pandemic, right? When did this <laughs> become March? <laughs> So, so literally, I remember uh, I was talking to my my director, and I was like, hey, okay, so, you know, like, are we working from home? What's the situation? Like, yeah, we're going to have to do everything online. So everything that I had just created within that month period, you know, for onboarding and all this other stuff, literally I had to convert to being online. And not only did I have to convert to being online, I needed to get everybody else in the globe on board. Right, Man. so I had to be like, okay, all right. I had to reach out to all the managers in APJ. I had to reach out to all the managers in EMEA. I had to reach out to all the managers in on the East Coast. You know, and be like, hey, listen, you guys, this is what we're gonna do. Like, this is the 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 bubble. I had to put it all together. Right now, the great thing is, I had all the pieces already. I just needed to figure out how to put it into a virtual form. Right, and so um, I think one of the the key things to your point and what you did when you pivot is that you have to be prepared to be able to pivot by having the resources to do so, right? Oh, okay. yeah. let's, yeah. say, let's say you had, you know, like your computer malfunctions, but you didn't even have a phone. Mm-hmm. Or your computer malfunctioned, and you didn't even have, you know, this call, call conference, free call conference, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. It would have been a whole lot more difficult for you to make that pivot because you didn't have the resources to actually do that. Right. Now, Tony Robbins always says, you know, like, it's not about lack of resources. It's, a, it's, it's lack of resources, right? right? Being able yeah. to find the resources when you don't have them. But it's right. so much better to have the resources ahead of time, right? <laughs> yeah. Being prepared. Um, but, you know, like that. You have the resources. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I got it. I got it. Um, and so for me, you know, that was that was a big transition. I think that was a massive transition for a lot of businesses. Anybody who was in the restaurant industry had to make a yeah. quick pivot to try to figure out how they can do delivery, you know, especially if you were um, like a more high-end restaurant, right, where yeah. it's all about the experience and the ambiance versus the food. You know, sometimes yeah. you, you go to a nice restaurant and you get like a piece of lettuce, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so, so, you know, in my, in, when I look at um, – crisis, 
right, and how do you overcome those crises? One, it's a mental attitude. You can look at it as, as it starts with the way that you think, right? You can look at this as being like, okay, like this sucks. I don't know, like I don't know what to do, and you know, this this is stupid. If I only had this, I would, you know, like I'd be able to achieve X. I have some friends in my life that I do not talk to very much because mm-hmm. they are like that. Yeah, um, and and so you know, you look at them six months later, they're worse off than where they were six months ago, right? Yeah. Then I have friends who aren't like that. They're like, hey. I need to figure this out. I don't know what to do, and uh, you know, but I, I know I'm going to find find something, mm-hmm. right? They're resourceful people, mm-hmm. and so now they're in a great place, right? Like you know, they're taught. Like I go and I reach out to them. Like how you how you doing? Yeah, we're still struggling, but you know what? We're 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 better than where we were. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so I think it starts with your mentality, right? Like when you are hit with the crisis, how do you initially think about it? And mm-hmm. I think that's the question that you need to ask yourself if you're listening to this is when you're hit with something what's the what's your initial gut reaction is it to freak out and be like oh woe is me like this all sucks or is it freak out which i think most of us do calm yourself down okay now figure out what what do i need to do next you know what i mean yeah yeah, um you just you just bless me because you just basically explain my whole mentality that I've had for the last 30 plus years, and I never could, I never could put my finger on it. But as I heard you unveil that, that's it. That is me to the T. No matter whether it's with my computer or with my job or with my kids or with my business or with my wife, I'm always, you know. But my freak out moment um, always is a. It, it used to be a a vocal freak out moment, <laughs> and every once in a while, it is a vocal freak out moment. Uh, when it's something that I just, I know, I, I can't believe that happened kind of deal, and I just had that moment. But immediately, I, you, just, you just explained it. Immediately, my brain goes into, okay, it's almost like I'm on a road, and I come to a dead end. I don't just sit there and look at the dead end sign. Yeah. My mind is already, okay, look left, look right. You know, which way can we go now? I, I don't want to stop moving. So that's so... I, thank you, Ashton, because that, that, that really helped me to identify what it is. And so I can, I can now be able to vocalize it a little bit better when, when, when somebody says, I, you know, people always say, I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you do that. They, they say that, and then you say, well, I don't know. I don't know. But there, it, it is a method. It's the way we think, right? It's not what we think. It's how we think. Would you agree? Yes, 100%. And I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad you're able to break that down because, I mean, ultimately, um, yeah, no, I think there, there, there is another road. And, you know, when you think about psychology, and I love talking about psychology, by the me way. Me too, me because, too. <laughs> because, you know, being a sales trainer, everything is very much psychological-based. Yeah. Everything is influenced. Everything is, is – and, and that when I talk about sales, I always say I'm like, I'm trying to help you increase your income through influence so you can in, increase your impact. Right. Impact is basically how much money do you have or how much time do you have, right? What, uh, you know, like what, what kind of investment can you make? And I would say there's three different – there's the three T's of investment, right? Time, your treasures, your money, and your talents, your skill sets, right? So what ways can you invest into somebody else? And the more you have of those things, like right, if you have more time, if you have more of your talents, and you have more of your, your uh, uh, treasures, your money, right, then you can make a much bigger impact, especially if you have influence, right? Right, right. So 
Um, going back to that whole idea behind crisis and how you manage yourself, and psychologically speaking, um, you know, we, we have a fight or flight mentality. And a lot of times when you are in a flight mentality, you're trying to run away, right? Mm-hmm. And when you're in a fight mentality, you're actually looking for tools to fight with. Does that make sense? Like you're yeah. looking for ways to, to get past the situation. Yeah. And so it's, it's like that whole idea where you say, I can't find it anywhere. And then your wife comes in and like finds it on the countertop. You're like, oh, there it was. <laughs> yeah, right. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's perfect. That is perfect. It's, it's, it's been right there the whole time. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She would love. She's gonna love that part, by the way. She's gonna see. I told you. See, you won't listen to me. Third party. You know, Ashton had to tell you, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I only say that my wife's not around right now, so she was in the room. I'd be like, all right, what's another example I can use? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I can't give her this one. My wife and I are the most competitive people in the world. It's ridiculous. Uh, that's good. That's good. So I'm gonna wrap up, man. I, I appreciate it. this. Has been a really, really great conversation. If you have anybody out there that 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 you know feels like they haven't done such a good job as a leader and, and, and more so not just for the people, but they haven't good, did a good job leading themselves. What kind of advice would you give them? Oh, that's a great question. So you're basically saying, like, if someone is having a tough time right now um, leading their team. Yeah, either uh, team. I, I would say because it's more geared towards a person looking in the mirror. Yeah. It, I would like, say. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would say um, always, I, I mean, I know it sounds really weird, and, and, I, I, and I know it's probably super cliche, but, like, trying to remain positive and looking for the positives in, in, the, in the things that, that may look very bleak, I know that it gets tougher and tougher depending on the severity of what, what you're dealing with um, to see those types of things. But when you mentally focus, and you mentally, like, actually train yourself to see this thing that might be so mind-blowing to you, so emotional to you, right? Like, you, and you're, like, looking at yourself and, like, how do I, you know, how do I go, how do I live on with, with what's going on in front of me, right? Um, the first thing you want to do is, in my mind, I, I think it's a three-step process. The first thing you want to do is uh, write down what you're feeling, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I think it's really good to put down in words what you're feeling um, versus, like, letting it stay up in your head and stew in your mind. Mm. Um, the second thing is you need to figure out, like, because obviously this crisis already happened. Yeah. Now you need to sit down and figure out how do we prevent this from happening in the, in the future. Or if it's not something that, that is preventable, right, like it's something that, like, you know, like let's say a loss in the family or something like that, right, like that's not preventable, um, you know, try to figure out what, it, you know, like, instead of thinking about, like, the things that you don't have, start thinking about the things that you do have or that, you know, like the memories that you have and, and all those great things, right? That, um, or uh, if you're working with a team and something just goes astronomically wrong, what the heck led to that? What, you know, like, what could we have done to be more prepared for this situation, right? If we're talking specifically leadership, mm-hmm. what could we have done differently to protect, or, to protect ourselves, Right. And what can we start doing right now um, and start making a list of all those things? Um, and then the third thing is obviously execute, 
I think that ultimately a lot of us make a lot of promises to ourselves. We write a lot of goals for ourselves. We say we're going to do this. You know, we say we're frustrated with being overweight. We say we're frustrated with this mediocre job that we have, and we set our goals, and, you know, like we have, you know, like our timelines and all this other stuff. But then the last step that most people are um, so afraid of doing, and like I said, the only reason why I'm speaking like this is because I've gone through it, is because, you know, is that perfectionism. I want everything to be perfect before I start plan- start my plan, right, before I do all this, you know. And, you know, I think for a lot of us, even, I mean, you'd probably be a good attestment to this, right? Like, you probably didn't know how to do a podcast, but you said you wanted to do one. And so you're yes, like, sir. how do I get this thing started? And, you know, like, I'm not the best person at it, but I'll right. probably learn from people. And yeah. I'm just going to start reaching out to people and start putting them on my, <laughs> putting them on yeah. my call, my call blocks, you know. So... I would say there's a three-part step to that. So just to break that down again, write down everything that you're feeling, right? Put it on paper. Make sure that, you know, like it's not stewing up in your head. Start putting, piecing together a plan, right? Like put, start putting down what could we have done differently in the situation. And then once you've done that, start actually executing on that new, that new strategy, that new plan. Um, that's what I would probably say uh, to somebody who might be struggling right now with, with the team or leading their team or whatever. Um, is, is go through that process. Absolutely. Ashton, I appreciate you. Ashton Harvey, philanthropist, sales trainer, business consultant, and a man on a mission to help one million sales professionals win big in life and in business. You are tuned into It's Time to Lead podcast where leaders come together to grow and get better. And, man, I am so honored to have you on. I really appreciate you coming on, man. How can people get a hold of you as far as your business, uh, the Significant Edge Academy? Yeah, uh, if you guys want to get a hold of me, uh, you, you can reach out to my team. It's admin at thesignificantedge.com. So it's admin at thesignificantedge.com. Um, I am personally, uh, you know, I, I, love, I love the Significant Edge, but, you know, one of my passion projects is really leading people to Yellow Threads Company. Um, that's something that my wife and I are really uh, excited about and really, you know, gung-ho about. Um, you know, we make clothing for specifically for cancer patients and people who are undergoing uh, chemotherapy infusion. Uh, we have a program uh, that is called the Donate One program, where basically um, you, we, you can buy a shirt for somebody going through chemotherapy, or you can buy yourself a Yellow Thread branded, you know, swag T-shirt, um, and we'll give uh, a shirt away as well. So if you don't want to just donate, you can also get a swag T-shirt, you know, <laughs> if you want. Uh, but it's basically a buy one, give, give one. And uh, so far we've been able to give away 300 shirts to wow, the campus. Wow, that's nice. So really cool. That is amazing, so if man. you guys want to check that out, um, go to www.yellowthreadsco.com, and there's a link uh, there as well to, uh, to the Donate One program and also our, our uh, buy one, give one. Absolutely, and I'm also going to update the show notes for you guys to be able to go to the page and get that information on Ashton Harvey's uh, on on this episode. Uh, Ashton, I think that that's, that 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 really shows the heart of you and your wife, uh, and 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 the fact that that is something that's that's needed in this world for us to be able to care about others, especially going through cancer and, and the, the chemotherapy is no joke, and to be able to have something like that. Uh, for, for people, that it, it really, really shows the, 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 the heart that you guys have and, and how you are leading the charge and uh, being able to make people aware of it and also have people represent and be able to support that. So I, I just want to say, man, congratulations on that, and I definitely want to give you big ups on that as well. 
Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, and Fred, you're awesome too, man. I appreciate you uh, creating this channel for, for leaders, and um, I know it's going to blow up, and I'm glad to be a part of this and be one of the first people, or I don't know how far along I am, but like, I'm glad to just be on it, period, uh, because when you blow up, I, I can at least uh, um, brag. Amen. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, brag one, hey, listen, one thing that, that, that you're going to know about me, anybody that comes along with me is going to be... We're, we're not they're not gonna be behind me we're gonna be daisy chain because we're in we're, we're, we're going in the same direction man so wherever i go trust me you're always going to be there right 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 alongside with me man because we're going to be supporting each other so i thank you man i appreciate you and i'll be i'll definitely be in touch and i'll let you know when the episode airs okay perfect thank you so much hey, all right man, talk to you soon. all right man you got it later